1: I'm Jordana Levine, and you're listening to The Inspired Table Podcast. Each week, you'll be led down an inspired path of curiosity as I chat to some of my favorite soul-centered folk about the things that inspire me daily in the hope that some of that juicy inspiration will rub off on you. So pour yourself your favorite cuppa and take a seat at my table. I promise you'll leave happier, healthier, and bursting with inspiration. So I've had a few people asking me to interview myself on the podcast, which to be quite honest with you has made me feel a little bit strange because I'm usually interviewing someone else. But you know, it's so funny. There are so many people who are quite intimately involved in my life who actually have very little idea of what it is that I do every day. So I can only imagine what you guys think so I just thought that maybe it might be a good idea in between all of the amazing people that I interview and all of the amazing stories that I tell to tell a little bit of my own so I'm going to use this episode as an opportunity for you to get to know me a little better and then I promise it will be business as usual on the podcast (music) start from the very beginning. Um, I was once a baby. No, (laughs) we won't start that far back. Um, I grew up in Sydney. I was an only child to my mum, but one of five to my dad, which means right from the day I could talk, I had to explain to people the ins and outs of a blended family. And I'm telling you, in the early 80s, it was not as common as it is now. I'm sure the kids... I'm sure kids today have it down pat. Um, but it was a little bit more unusual back then. Anyway, even though my parents divorced when I was three, I grew up in two very loving homes and my parents' relationship with each other was always strong. Um, my dad remarried a couple of years later and has been with my stepmom for 28 years and my mom also remarried. Um And landed her soulmate. And they have now been married for, oh, should have checked this, I'm going to say 10 years. Um, But my parents were two very different people, which is ultimately why they did not stay together, I am sure. But it was those differences that ultimately shaped the two very different sides of my own personality. Um, My mama was, is a bohemian goddess who, when I was growing up, juggled running her own small business with being a dedicated single mum. She sang in a band. She used to drag me to gigs and I would fall asleep under the table. Um, she was a tarot reader and would bring people into the house to read them tarot. She discovered her talent for painting at the I'm going to say the age of 45, maybe even later. Um, She's just finished writing a novel, which is so good that when I started reading the first few chapters, I couldn't put it down. Um, She recorded a CD and she did all of this while running her own one-woman hair salon in North Bondi. Um, My mum constantly reinvents herself and she always has – And I just find it so inspirational. She chases the things that make her happy and they could change from day to day. But the important thing is that she's chasing them. Um, And, you know, the other most amazing thing about my mum is she's just full of wisdom and insight. Um, One thing that's coming to mind and it's so random because it's probably not the most important of all the things she's taught me but my favorite thing that she taught me it must have been about the age of 12 and I remember the scenario quite well but it was if you are nice enough for long enough to those who show you no kindness you're bound to crack them eventually and I think the first time I heard her say that was when we were living in Bondite near her um hair salon that she had for years there was a guy that owned the news agency and he was so goddamn cranky like (laughs) to everybody that came in and my mum was so nice to him every single day and I was like mum why are you bothering like he's such a cranky old man and she's like, George, you just got to kill him with kindness because one day they just turn, they're going to turn around and they'll be kind back. And it was true. He loved her so much. Um, so I always think about that now when people are being really cranky with me. I'm just super nice back. Um, so that is my mama. Um, my dad, on the other hand, was quite a contrast to my mum. He was a very high-powered business executive for most of my memory of him. Um my dad is still alive. I'm so sorry that made it sound like he was not. No, he is. But he now lives on a farm and is semi-retired and leads quite a different life. But when I was growing up, he was a high-powered business executive. He was corporate, and in some ways quite conservative. In other ways, not so conservative. He was very open-minded, um, but he was ordered and he was organized and strategic and. You know, if I wanted something from him, I had to have a good reason and write out a business plan pretty much. Um, My dad is also the fittest almost 70-year-old man I've ever met. Um, His dedication to his fitness is inspirational. Um, And my dad has always backed me no matter what. And I love nothing more than when I hear him say to me, and he says it quite regularly, which probably says a lot about me, but um, he always says to me when something, you know, when life throws me a curveball, don't worry, you'll be fine, you always land on your feet. And it's true, I do. And sometimes it's just really nice to hear it from your parents and to know they have faith in you. So they are my parents, and that is my upbringing. And they reflect the different sides of me. I can be a bit of a hippie, but I can also be a bit of a sucker for writing a list and being quite organised. And where I can be very creative and quirky in some areas, I can also be very conservative when I want to be. So, um, yeah, I th- and I, I think that those sides of my personality have been a major part of my business which we will get to a little bit later. So childhood, had parents, divorced, yes. Okay, so then I finished school. Um and neither of them pushed me into a specific field. Mum wanted me to do what made me happy. Um and dad did do too, obviously, but um dad was pushing study, not pushing, suggested kindly. Um, and so I had to decide what I was going to study and I really didn't know. I knew that I was obsessed with food, but I didn't really think I could make a career out of it. I didn't really want to be a chef in a kitchen, although I was obsessed with TV chefs. I used to um, I used to race home from school not to watch cartoons, but to watch all of the cooking shows. The TV chefs were my teen pop stars. Um, so, yeah, so I didn't want to be in a kitchen and I didn't really know that there was any other way that you could cook other than being a chef Um, and I always loved writing so I thought well why do not I just go and study journalism so I did Um, and then when I finished I somehow ended up in food journalism which which I know in hindsight is like yeah of course you did that makes complete sense but at the time um, it didn't really I don't know, I thought maybe fashion. I don't know where I thought I was going to be when I got out of journalism school. Um, But I did. I was working for some of Australia's top food mags and I was food writing and I was restaurant reviewing and it was amazing and there were, you know, great events and um, all of this amazing food was coming in from the test kitchen and, you know, it was so good but I wanted more I wanted to be cooking the food and I wanted everybody to be eating my food. So I marched into the office of my editor and I asked her what I had to do to get away from my desk and into the test kitchen. So she sent me to study commercial cookery. um, And then before I knew it, I was developing recipes for um, cookbooks and for magazines. And it was bloody amazing. Um, But then I became quite fascinated with the health and wellness industry. And all of a sudden, I found myself, this was in my 20s, early 20s, maybe, mid 20s, um, all of a sudden I found myself cutting out food groups and exercising portion control. And I was getting all of this mixed messaging from the media about what it meant to be healthy. And what do you know, it didn't align with my current food career. And I tried to juggle the two, but what I found was this guilt that kept creeping in about the love I had for food because all of the messaging I was getting was based on a lack mentality and I felt bound by my food choices rather than nourished and nurtured by them. Um, I found the whole healthy eating thing to be a very overwhelming experience and I became quite obsessed with it. Um, but I knew that it didn't have to be that way. I knew that you could love food and still be healthy. There was, there was this kind of missing piece of the puzzle and it was this realisation that birthed the Inspired Table. The Inspire Table has evolved somewhat over time. Um, the original intention was to coach clients in health and wellness, run my cooking workshops, while still doing a little bit of freelance writing and a freelance and a bit of freelance recipe development, which were two of my greatest loves. I think, which is why I didn't want to let go of them. Um, and when I started out as a health coach, much like the rest of Sydney, um, I loved it very much and I had some beautiful clients, and I loved coaching them about good nutrition and mindful eating and mindful life practices. But I really missed being in the kitchen. Um, I still write, and I write for a various array of magazines and websites, and of course my own blog. But writing for me has to flow naturally or I kind of go off it. (laughs) So that's how the Inspired Table podcast was born. It was actually after a week of writer's block where I had so much to say and couldn't get the words onto paper. So I just decided to record my voice instead. And that's how we arrived here. You know, when I first started the Inspired Table, I was all about creating a profile, you know, becoming the next foodie somebody. But at the end of the day, I was just another health coach with a blog and a bit of a tired message, but over time I came into my own and my brand began to grow and my niche tightened and my message and purpose shifted. I realized that the thing that I felt most strongly about was conscious cooking, mindful eating, and body and soul nourishment. I encourage less stress and anxiety, whether it's about what you eat, what you do, who you hang out with. Um, That message is my priority. And if people receive it through recipes I develop for a cookbook or a meal delivery service or a cafe or through my own blog, it doesn't matter as long as they're getting the message. You know, I've developed recipes for over 15 cookbooks, none of which have my face on the front cover, but they're in people's homes being cooked and nourishing their buds, which is the most important bit. And up until recently, I was head recipe developer for one of the biggest meal kit delivery services in the country. You know, tens of thousands of people were cooking my recipes weekly, and was my name attached to it? No. But I was contributing to people actually cooking themselves dinner instead of grabbing takeaway. And nothing makes my heart sing more than that. What I, what I came to realise as I started my business was that I am blissfully happy being of service to people in a professional capacity without having an ulterior motive to boost my own profile, which unfortunately is a bit of a rare agenda. In the entrepreneurial world, I love lifting people up and sharing their story. And I guess that's the reason why I did the podcast. Um, I still coach from time to time, but it's no longer my priority. And, you know, I think if I could only give myself one title, and because for so many years I gave myself several, and the signature on my email still lists several hats that I wear. But if I could only give myself one, these days I'm quite content saying recipe developer. But then I'd follow it up pretty quickly with Conscious Cook because another big part of what I do is catering. Um, But I like to call it heartfelt catering or heart-centered catering. And it's because I've really niched the clients that I work with now. I find myself catering mainly for yoga retreats and health and wellness workshops, creative writing workshops. Um, You see, I love food and I respect food and my relationship with food is very fine-tuned and that's the love and the energy I want going into the food that I create, that ultimately ultimately people are going to eat. And I found when I was doing catering gigs for, you know, big companies or um, corporate events or media events that weren't quite aligned with my vision, I was getting very frustrated and worked up in the kitchen and that wasn't the energy I wanted to be putting into the food. I Actually, um, I did my Reiki training so that I could do Reiki on all the produce I use you know, you don't know what bad juju has connected itself to the food that you're eating. Um, and I like the idea of injecting it with a bit of white light and neutralising any negativity that's come in contact with it. And you know what, if that's not your thing, that's totally cool. It doesn't really matter whether you believe in it or not. Um, but I, I found that, you know, from my end, it really made a difference to the work that I was putting out there. So that is me and food. But there is also another massive part of who I am and what I do at the Inspire Table. And I guess it's what I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, It goes back to my upbringing with my mama and, in some ways, my dad too. You know, I was brought up around spirituality, but not in a religious sense. Um, My dad is a non practicing Jew, and my mother, a non practicing Catholic. And I guess I was raised to have faith in myself and my ability to do anything I desired. But as a teenager, even though I went to a Catholic school, I labelled myself an atheist. I didn't believe in God. That I was overly adamant about. I did, however, believe in a higher power, the universe, guardian angels, goddesses, spirits, the power of crystals, but not God because not religious, atheist. (laughs) And, you know, as I grew up, all of these hippie things, inverted commas, morphed into mindfulness and meditation. And I found while I was coaching my clients, I noticed how mindfulness was the common thread that helped heal most of their stresses. And meditation was the tool that helped them to do it. And I found that common thread in my life too. I've also always been fascinated by the moon and the effect that the moon has on my mood and my mental state, my energy levels, my sleep patterns. And probably in my early 20s, I began recording how each phase of the moon affected me and I started to notice patterns occurring between the ebbs and the flows in my productivity and energy and how that correlated with the waxing and the waning of the moon. And I also noticed that uh, note fest. I And I also noticed how I was able to manifest things with ease around the first half of the moon cycle more easily than in the second half. Pretty cool. Um I don't know, I guess naturally I began incorporating little small moon practices into my routine and every new moon and full moon people would ask me what it meant and what they should do and why they're feeling so you know insert every imaginable emotion here and that's when I first had the light bulb moment to create my new event inspired lunar nights but for me it was more than just being about the moon and teaching people my tricks for successful manifestation. You see, I am blessed to have a group of friends who are very open to the hippie spiritual side of me. But I also have a bunch of my closest and oldest friends who aren't so into it. And that's okay. But I've found that the latter is a common experience for many. And they don't always have the other half of their friendship group that are into it like I do. And, you know, I believe that when you have any kind of spiritual practice, it's a great way to get in touch with you, but it's also a really beautiful thing to be able to share with other people and feel safe doing so. You know, I love the idea of being able to facilitate that kind of connection for people. And that's what Inspired Lunar Nights is about. You know, it's about making new friends because that is tricky, especially after school and unis done and dusted. You know, as we get older and people get comfortable and set in their ways, they're not, well, they're not as open to inviting new people in, Um, whether they're doing that consciously or not. Um, But what Inspired Lunar Nights does is give them that opportunity. And I guess... If I'm being completely honest, there was also a little selfish intention behind these evenings. You see, when you get a group of conscious individuals together who are all intent on manifesting, you raise the entire vibration of the room. And I discussed the importance of raised vibrations on the night, but basically the chance of successful manifestation is increased by like a bazillion. Um, and that is just too good to refuse for me. I'm already a pretty great manifester, thanks to my little tricks, which I will also share in the evening. But the idea of creating a conscious collective to sit amongst candles and crystals and esoteric tunes to help increase that manifestation magic, well, I mean, who's going to turn that down? So... This is basically how the nights run as they stand at the moment. We're up to the second one on August 3, which is next week, if you're listening to this podcast when it comes out. Um, And basically how it works is you turn up to the beautiful sanctuary that is Bondi Yoga House, the most beautiful venue to hold such an evening. Um, You can actually hear me interview Ben and Amanda, the owners of Bondi Yoga House, a couple of episodes back on the podcast if you're interested in doing that. So you rock up to Bondi Yoga House. You take a seat on a comfy cushion on the floor amongst a sea of candles and crystals and tarot cards and burning incense and like-minded people. Um, You're then treated to about six guided meditations, all of which are very different and completely repeatable in the confines of your own bedroom. I found that with the last event, people loved how many different meditations they were led through and how they responded to some better than others and they're the ones that they're going to they're going to take home and feel like they can repeat on a regular basis, which is what meditation is all about, consistency. Um, so throughout the guided meditations weaved in between, we've got some beautiful stimulating essential oils at the beginning of the evening to get you into the right headspace. Then we go through a series of journaling and intention setting exercises, which is what the new moon is all about setting intentions. Then I take you through some of my favorite manifestation techniques. And I know the technique that we learnt at the last one blew people's mind at how easy it was and how effective it felt. So I might actually repeat that one and then introduce a new one in. And then we wind it down a little bit. We um, go through some beautiful, relaxing essential oils just to kind of bliss you out a little bit before I send you on home. And then my favourite part of the evening arrives where you get to mingle with everybody who attended the event over some beautiful organic tea from my gorgeous friend Kate Dalton, who is the creator of Made Tea, um, and some delicious sweet treats made by yours truly. Um, For all of the event info, all you have to do is go to theinspiredtable.com.au forward slash Events where you can purchase tickets. But here is the confusing thing for people, and the reason for this podcast episode. A lot of people don't understand why someone, me, whose business is all about food, recipe development, and catering, holds meditation and intention setting evenings. And to them, I say, why the hell not? This stuff lights me up. And you know what? It's really not that disconnected. Both sides of my business are about mindfulness, connection, and nourishment. One for the body and one for the soul. Diversity keeps me stimulated, challenged, and above all happy. And I think Marie Forleo calls it being a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So I hope I've cleared things up a little for you. Just like any driven human, I'm constantly evolving and growing. And that means taking my business and my entrepreneurial pursuits along with me for the ride. I'm currently working on making inspired lunar nights available to people who aren't in Sydney. Um, and at the moment it looks like an audio series, possibly a video series. Um, but I'd love to hear what medium would work best for you and whether or not that's something that interests you. Um, so if you'd like to have a say, you can leave a comment on the blog or, um, send me an email, Jordana, J O R D A at the inspired all right, it is back to normal next week. I promise it will be business as usual on the podcast and less of me talking and more of an amazing guest. Until then, have an inspirational
0: week. Hold up.